As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. In exactly one week, the long, interminable wait is going to be over, and we're going to be better people for it. Boy, we've we've really struggled here, haven't we, through the last several weeks. 49ers made this trade up to number three so dang early. What was it, like March... 26th or something like that. It was well over a month before the NFL draft. Well, in exactly a week, next Thursday, April 29th, the NFL draft will happen and we'll know what the 49ers have been thinking. And hey, you know, maybe what they do in a week is going to be different than what they're thinking right now. Because Matt, I think one of the reasons the 49ers traded up so early was to give themselves the benefit of options. We call it option power, the benefit to do all their research throughout this entire month of April, and then the benefit to sit back and you know really play king when the draft happens, and they're going to be in a really valuable number three spot, and I really don't think that you can rule anything out, maybe even a trade back down a couple spots and still you know the ability to grab their quarterback after that. I'm not saying it's likely, but what I'm saying is the 49ers enter April 29th with option power, and that makes this really intriguing for them but boy has it made the last month exhausting for us i think uh play king is just a great way to explain where they are because we 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 know what the first two teams are doing and now you have all these qbs who want to go third so there, there are three guys competing to be the number three uh overall pick and they're basically auditioning for the 49ers uh they're tripping all over themselves to uh, run Kyle Shanahan's plays to get Kyle Shanahan to come out to watch them. Uh, Trey Lance switched private QB coaches. He's, he, he was with a guy, uh, and then um, he moved to John Beck, who has a relationship uh, with Kyle Shanahan. He's an ex-Shanahan uh, quarterback from Washington. Ran Shanahan's system, knows Shanahan really well, um, You know, talks to Shanahan all the time. So, Trey Lance was smart. I mean, he a few weeks ago, he started training with this other guy, knowing full well that um, Shanahan would be getting insight through John Beck. So it, it's it's sort of fascinating. There, Dennis, there are no 
private workouts or anything like that this year because of the pandemic. But the 49ers have the closest thing to that. Like I said, um, you've got Mac Jones, you've got Trey Lance, you've got Justin Fields basically doing everything in their power to make themselves attractive to the 49ers. This is the second year without a combine, correct? Was there a combine last season, before the the 2020 draft? There was. That was the last... uh, That was the last one. Hurrah. That was the last hurrah, right before everything shut down. Yeah, and now it's all about these pro days. You know, you you turn on the television, all you hear about are, are the pro days. And back when I came out, the pro days, you know, that was just the guys that, you know, maybe the 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 elite guys who had the option not to kind of audition, you know, in, in, in Indianapolis at the combines. Uh, so, you know, these pro days become extremely important. And, you know, with the trade that the 49ers made, it makes everybody think that, yeah, they have to be going for these quarterbacks. And you talked about, you know, the first two are, are given. And I think the draft actually kind of starts with that third pick with the San Francisco 49ers. And everyone's saying quarterback. Everyone's saying quarterback. And, you know, you, you, you've got these great quarterbacks there, and you just have to kind of figure. You have to trust Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Wh- which one of these guys fit within the, you know, within this scheme or within this team or, or the culture of the 49ers? I like Justin Fields, but I also – you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the, the 49ers said, you know, we traded up to help a Jimmy Garoppolo and we're going to go get one of these receivers and, you know, one of these great receivers out there. And Jamar Chase, you know, at LSU, I mean, he could be a guy that can come on this team and, you know, take the tops off some of this, uh, some of these defenses and, you know, be that surprise in the draft. Two quarterbacks go, then a wide receiver. But again, it's all about the choices. And, you know, like you said, all these guys are auditioning you know, to be a San Francisco 49ers. And they're all top-rate guys. I'm talking, you know, guys that can step in a program and start right away. So, you know, this is why you, you know, you have this ability when you have a lot of trade cap or a lot of uh, draft capital, you can go out and you can you can create some choices for you as a, as a team picking in a draft. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it was interesting back during the initial press conference on well, right after the trade happened, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said that initially they generally wanted to trade into the top five, but then as some time went along and they saw how expensive it was going to be to, to trade up that far, they, well, they said, well, hell, we're just going to go for broke. We'll trade up as high as we can. And they found that number three spot to trade up into. So now they're at number three. They have the option power. It, obviously, Dennis, you mentioned one of the possibilities that would quote unquote shock the world. That's how I've been terming it. The shock the world possibility. That's don't take a quarterback. I think Matt and I have talked about this a bit. That Kyle Pitts would, would be the guy that seems that would really, really tempt Shanahan to not take a quarterback, right? I mean, they've already stated their desire to take a quarterback, but you know, a conspiracy theorist will say, oh, that's a smokescreen. They're doing something else. Well, if there's a guy that could tempt Kyle Shanahan to break off that path, then I think it's the Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, who essentially would be a dream for Kyle Shanahan. But I mean, if this is going to go the way that uh, the the betting markets think that it will, then uh, the main candidates are Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback, who, by the way, took the lead again in Vegas in the betting markets. So that's where the money, um, you, you know, seems to be going. That's Mac Jones, uh, the less mobile guy. Let's uh, he's not wholly unathletic, but 
Certainly not as mobile as the other options, and the other main ones are Justin Fields from Ohio State and Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State who Matt mentioned. That's assuming that Zach Wilson goes number two, quarterback from BYU to the Jets. So uh, if the dominoes fall the way that I think people are preliminarily expecting them to and the 49ers are indeed locked in on a quarterback, then you have Mac Jones – Justin Fields and Trey Lance as the three options. And Matt, it becomes a philosophical issue at that point, right? You have Jones who set a bunch of college records for efficiency at Alabama this past season, obviously playing with an all-star team, but boy, was he good from the pocket. Was he good on schedule? He was accurate downfield. We have to emphasize that Mac Jones is a really good quarterback. We can't act like Twitter and say that he's chopped liver. He's a really good quarterback, but he is much less mobile than both Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And Justin Fields also set the world on fire when it came to accuracy last year. And Trey Lance probably has the most extensive skill set coming out of the play action under center. So you have three really interesting options here for the 49ers. Obviously, the fan base is overwhelmingly in favor of Justin Fields because I think they want to see somebody that can deliver with their legs. You know, we've talked about this a lot. I think that Trey Lance is a real possibility for the 49ers, while the national media is over here thinking that Mac Jones is a lock to go to the 49ers. So it really creates this uh, fascinating three-way battle because it seems that there are three legitimate possibilities depending on who you talk to. Yeah, and we should talk about the big three there. He said that uh, Fields is the overwhelming choice of the fans. I would say that Jones is the overwhelming anti-choice. That's the one that most fans, he's got some backers for sure, but uh, he seems to be the one that fans don't want because he just doesn't seem to have the the upside. He does not play like the great quarterbacks that we're seeing now, Patrick Mahomes. That's the name that you're, you're always hearing about. He is the anti-Patrick Mahomes. But what he does do is operate from the pocket, and that's huge for Kyle Shanahan. And you saw him do that with a sophisticated system, Steve Sarkeesian system in, in Alabama, and basically kind of operate the system. He was the brain of the operations, or or rather the play caller was the brain of the operations. And I guess you could call Mac Jones the, the nerve center. He basically carried out the actions. And that's sort of what Kyle Shanahan wants. I mean, you could make the argument, and a lot of people have, that the star of the 49ers offense isn't the quarterback, it's not the running back, it's not George Kittle. It's not the receivers. The star is Kyle Shanahan. So if you have somebody who can basically operate what Shanahan wants to do, then um, they can they could do damage uh, in this league. So I think that's probably what is leading most of these. I mean, I'm sure some of these guys think they've got inside information, but most of these national media members who are going with Jones, that to me is... Uh, what uh, what they're probably circling. I mean, Dennis, do you have a favorite among those big three? And uh, if so, if so, who is it? Like I said, I like Justin Fields, and Mac Jones is going to be that pocket passer. It's not it's not going to be exciting. He's going to deliver the ball. He's going to make you know good decisions. I mean, after last couple seasons, three seasons, wouldn't it be great to have a quarterback that's kind of a playmaker? I think that's what Justin Fields is. I mean, he's a guy. He's mobile. I think in a Kyle Shanahan offense that a mobile quarterback is something that he's got to be itching to have. I mean, he's got to he's got to be waiting for a quarterback that can get out the pocket, make things happen, go off schedule a little bit and be a playmaker. And, you know, when I look at Justin Fields, I mean, he's he's played at a high level. He's played at a 
a school that he's played against a lot of NFL defensive coordinators or caliber defensive coordinators, caliber players on on defense, pass rushers. And I think he's just got that skill set. And he can just, he's an exciting, and he's mobile. And Kyle Shanahan hasn't had a mobile quarterback. I mean, if you go back to the Falcons and, and even way back to the Redskins, he hasn't had a mobile quarterback. And he hasn't had a quarterback that can just make plays and be excited. I'm, I'm just excited when I watch quarterbacks that are playmakers, that make things happen. And if whatever coverage or whatever's going on in defense, if you're shutting down your a George Kittle or Debo, you have a quarterback that can make plays. And, and that's that's what I think Justin Fields brings to the table. Again, we have to trust you know what Shanahan and, and John Lynch believe in, but if they want to go with a pocket passer, that guy that's going to deliver the ball, not be that superstar, just kind of deliver the ball, or get exciting on offense and keep keep defenses kind of on their heels a little bit, trying to figure out what your quarterback's going to do. I think it's Justin Fields. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let me address the Mac Jones aspect of all this first, because this is the issue I have with the 49ers potentially picking Mac Jones. Uh, we have to look at the big picture, potential draft value, everything before March 26th, before this trade. It wasn't until after the 49ers spent all that capital to trade up that anybody started seriously considering Mac Jones as a top 10 pick. And this is anybody in the media. Let let me put it that way, because obviously we don't have access into these teams' draft rooms and, um, you know, their big boards and all this and all that. But I mean, there was a huge segment of the media before the 49ers traded up that thought that Mac Jones wouldn't even be a first round pick. And then all of a sudden the 49ers trade up and people are acting like he's a lock for number three. So I mean, either nobody has any idea how the NFL would evaluate Mac Jones, right? Or the 49ers made just a colossal overpay if they're intending to pick Mac Jones at number three because they were somehow paranoid that Mac Jones's value would skyrocket between March 26th and April 29th. And based on what the media thinks right now, at least the national media, the value of Mac Jones has skyrocketed, but only because the 49ers made that trade, if if that makes any sense, right? Because before this, all the talk was about, oh, Mac Jones isn't that great. Uh, I think the truth, Matt, is probably somewhere in between. I think that uh, Mac Jones was underrated by the casual fan, right? But he's being overrated by the national media. And I think the 49ers are somewhere halfway there. I think they recognize that Mac Jones is a record-setting passer, in Alabama, right? That that he was efficient. I mean, he did he did stuff that nobody's ever done in the QBR era since 2004. So we have to give him credit for that. But I think the 49ers also made this extremely aggressive trade, giving up you know those two first round draft picks, moving up from 12 to number three, and the third round pick. Of course, I think they made it with with ceiling, with upside in mind, realizing that Mac Jones probably wouldn't need that three spot. They wouldn't need to trade up that high to get a guy like Mac Jones, knowing the market. I really think that the evidence shows us here 
The cost of this trade shows us that the 49ers wanted to get one of the guys that Dennis is talking about, Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Now, maybe they're not going to be sold on those guys and they may have to fall back to Mac Jones because they don't like how Lance or Fields operates in the pocket. But I think they made this trade with the the mindset that, that Fields or Lance would be able to blow them away enough to be able to get a guy that can do more than just Mac Jones. Am, am I reading this right or wrong? What, what do you think, Matt? First of all, I don't know. I have no idea who they're going to pick. Let's just get that out there. I, I vacillate from one guy to the other by the hour. Uh, so I don't know. But the counter argument to what you just said would be what, what, the, what Kyle Shanahan has been saying for a couple of years now, that he really thinks he's got a fantastic squad right now. Um, and, you know, their, their window is open and they need somebody who are, is going to operate this, this offense efficiently because they've got the talent. Uh, they've surrounded this quarterback with talent and they just need somebody to deliver the ball. And, and Matt Jones delivered 41 touchdowns against four interceptions, uh, which is remarkable. And, and Trey Lance, you know, had, had a similar season in, in 2019 at North Dakota State. Um, you know, uh, people get mad at reporters and th- they think if we write about somebody, we're, we're rooting for um, that guy to get picked. I, I do not have a dog in this fight. I don't, I frankly don't care. The only thing I'm rooting for is the best storyline. And um, to me, of those three guys, the best storyline is, is Trey Lance because he's he's an underdog. I mean, he played at North Dakota State, uh, barely was recruited. Uh, the the one Division One school that recruited him wanted him to play uh, safety, so he's got a really good um, sort of uh, chip on his shoulder underdog story. That's and as you noted, David. He, he seems to have the most potential. I mean, he's so raw. He played one full season. And, and by the way, so did Mac Jones. Uh, so we should 17 starts that, for each of them. Yeah, right. There's it, not a lot. So uh, any way you slice it, it's going to be a, a bit of a leap of faith. But um, it just seems as if Lance has more potential. I mean, and, and, and that's what your job is as a coach. I mean, if you're a great coach with a great offense, you should be able to take a guy – uh, who maybe not is uh, proficient in the pocket right now, but that that should be something uh, like the Bills did with Josh Allen. Um, I'm sure there are countless other examples of, of the guy not being uh, quite ready immediately, raw, uh, but uh, being molded by the coaching staff to, to be efficient. Boy, we saw Josh Allen as a totally efficient, under-control passer when he eviscerated the 49ers this year. So, um, you know, you, you have the luxury of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for at least a year and bringing along whoever you pick, take slowly. To me, that that's an advantage that you need to take a, a advantage of. Um, and uh, that's why I think that it should, let me couch it that way, should be Trey Lance. Well, Matt, I like you a lot. You're a you're, you're fine writer. And <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care about his storyline. If you're going to take a quarterback, you know, we had our CJ and we had our Nick Mullins, uh, and we did that. And, but we, I, I want a quarterback that's kind of already there. I mean, I, I understand it develop, learn the system and all that. But I want a quarterback that's going to be, you know, that guy. And like I said, I want a, I want a playmaker. I want someone on this team that's going to make this offense 
exciting. Make this offense, you know, you can score it anywhere on the football field. Just think back to when Colin first hit the scene. I mean, you didn't know when the 49ers were going to score. They could have scored at any time because he was that guy. He was that playmaker. Not to compare uh, Justin Fields with with Colin, but, you know, he's that type of player. He's going to make things happen. He's going to keep defenses kind of on their on their heels, like I said. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play another season. I think he's going to be the quarterback moving forward. I think if they take a quarterback, get a quarterback that you don't have to worry about, you know, developing or if he's going to be the guy that can can kind of take on, you know, this offense on his shoulder. Get a quarterback that's proven it. Quarterback that's that's won some championships, that's played at a high level, played for, a you know, a top five team, you know, throughout his, his his college career and a guy that can make some dang plays. I mean, that's what we that's what you need as a quarterback, a good decision maker, an athlete, a mobile guy, especially in this new NFL, and put some weapons around him. And if you're not gonna go quarterback, you get a receiver. You go out there and get one of these top notch receivers and you say, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're gonna deliver the ball, we're gonna make it easy for you to deliver the ball. We're gonna find some more receiver. We got two, we got great weapons. On, on, you know, as far as your receiving crew, get a number three receiver and just keep these get, keep defenses on their heels. That's the key. Dennis, I have a crazy connection with you here uh, that I think you might enjoy. You were in training camp one of the years with your 49ers with Trey Lance's dad. Really? His name was Carlton Lance, DB, out of North. Oh, no, no, I don't think he went to North Dakota State. He went somewhere else. Went to a small school. His name was Carlton Lance, and I believe it was 1992 that he was in 49ers training camp. I can't pin down the year yet, but I know you played from 90 to 96, right? Yeah. Um, and Carlton finished college in either 91 or 92, and then he was in the CFL, I think, starting in 93. So I believe it was in 1992 that Carlton Lance, Trey Lance's dad, was in in training camp with you. There we go. We do have a connection, but still, I, I don't care about the good story. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... <laughs> I just thought that, that that might pull at your heartstrings a little bit. Anyway, that that's the one that's the one uh, actual like 49ers family connection we see here. But there are a ton of connections with Justin Fields and Shanahan because Fields did the QB collective Shanahan quarterback training system or program uh, in high school. So there's, there are pictures and videos of Kyle Shanahan working with Justin Fields uh, back in high school. Uh, so I mean, it's just gotten crazy with people trying to read the tea leaves. I feel that Twitter has turned into a bunch of conspiracy theorists. I've actually had some fun with it because people are so fixated on every little detail now. You know, it goes down to what cup of coffee Shanahan is uh, holding at, at each guy's pro day, and people think that somehow makes an influence on who the 49ers are going to a good pick. So I just had some fun with it and I've been tracking the private jet uh, flight paths that Shanahan Lynch and quarterback coach Rick Scangarello are taking to all these pro days. And, you know, I guess it's exciting, but it's just getting repetitive. So you, you have fields, you have Lance, uh, you have Mac Jones. Th- those are the three pro days that Shanahan has attended and, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, I think it's one of those situations where, uh, the the 49ers truly did enter this uh, with multiple options that they were potentially okay with. And I think they're doing their due diligence this month. There might have been a leader from the very start. There probably was a leader from the very start. But it's going to be interesting, Matt, when the book on this is written years from now, you know, assuming they do pick a quarterback, assuming that 
I mean, I guess it doesn't even have to go well. Even if this goes up in flames, it'll be very fascinating to hear about this month to, to see if it actually was the horse race that we think that it currently is, right? I get the sense that guys are taking the lead, you know, dropping back to, yeah, I, I don't think it's a linear kind of fight here. I think that the 49ers are truly weighing all their options. And I think that uh, it, it's, it's entertaining uh, even for them to see who's out in front. So I can't wait to see what exactly happened behind the scenes this month. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get, we'll get the straight story from them on draft day or whether they'll, you know, have some sort of uh, company line, and we'll hear about the real, um, you know, story at, at some point in the future. But my my guess as to how all this is turning out is that it was Jones who sort of prompted them to to move up, or at least gave them the confidence to to move up, because he was an easier evaluation for Shanahan because of all the pocket work. And they said to themselves, okay, let's move up. There are going to be all these other teams scrambling to get into the top five. Let's beat them to the punch. And we'll move all the way up to three, and we don't have to worry about it. And we can draft our guy there. Um, At the very least, we'll take Mac Jones. I'm comfortable with Mac Jones. Uh, And so the question then becomes, uh, could one of the other guys move Shanahan off his mark? Could, could, Could one of the other guys convince him that he's a better option than than Mac Jones. And so we won't find that out until probably, what, 5.30 or so uh, on, on Thursday. But um, I, I think that's where we are. And so it doesn't really provide an answer, but um, it, it does kind of, uh, uh, to me at least, answers why they did it and what the process has been like. And you're right. I mean, I you know, by all accounts, uh, Justin Fields had a, a tremendous second pro day. And like I no- noted, he was running all of Shanahan's plays. So Shanahan didn't really have to imagine what Justin Fields would look like in his offense. He was he was running his offense. That was it. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, he's had as, as good an audition as you can you can give. And um, I know he's Dennis's guy. He's sort of like the, the Goldilocks pick. Uh, he's a little bit between both Lance and Mac Jones. And then maybe that's who they end up uh, choosing. But uh, to go back to Dennis's first point about, hey, why don't they just draft a, a receiver or Kyle Pitts, uh, and then they could they could draft uh, Davis Mills or somebody like that in, in the second round. A lot of people think that Mills is going to end up being really good. He's another guy with just scant playing time in college uh, because of uh, injuries in the pandemic. But, um, you know, that that would be ludicrous, right, if, if they took a receiver. Well, the, the Falcons, Kyle Shanahan's former team, he wasn't in Atlanta at the time, once traded up from 26, uh, 27 to pick number six to draft a receiver, Julio Jones. And they gave up five draft picks to go up there. So, And, and Kyle Shanahan later endorsed that, Matt. But we were with him in Indianapolis, the Combine, where he said that he would do it again if he were in charge here. of it. <laughs> yep, there you go. This could be it. But if anybody <laughs> knows the benefit of doing that, it's it's Kyle Shanahan. He went to the Super Bowl uh, with with Julio Jones as the leading receiver. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> Dennis like loves that. this right now. I just, I just kind of <laughs> fell into that one. But yeah, it sounds great. But Dennis, I think Kyle Pitts is this year's Julio. He's a tight end, but he could line up anywhere. Yeah, he, he could be labeled as a wide receiver. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think he fits Shanahan better than Chase. I mean, when you have number three, you just have so many options. And the way the draft goes, once you know one quarterback goes, all the quarterbacks go. Or once a receiver goes, all the receivers go. So the first two picks we know are probably going to be quarterbacks. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers went out and got an, got a quarterback. Then all the controversies to start. Our next show will be talking about is, is that quarterback going to start, whoever it might be. And then the whole season, training camp, there's going to be all that noise about who's going to start. Um, but, you know, it, it'd be great to see. I think it'd be, you know, you go out and you get your receiver. or You get... You know, you get this kid from Florida. I mean, you get this tight end. Or you go out and you get another receiver. And there's some good receivers in this draft. And, you know, this is a talented team. And I think you have a talented quarterback if he can stay healthy. To me, it just it just makes sense. I mean, I know quarterback, if you're going to trade up, you're going get, to get rid of all this, this um, draft capital, you got to get a quarterback. That's what the rules say. But Matt just said, I mean, it, it, it's been done. And it's worked out great. If you do your research and you get that right person, I think this team here... All you need is another really good third receiver. And if this team offensive line's been upgraded, you know, your running back situation is going to be good. If you get that third receiver, I think this offense takes off to the next level. And then you start competing for championships year in and year out. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Certainly would break Twitter if the 49ers uh, went that route uh, in, in the top five. But, I mean, from, from day one, I got the sense that this is the kind of move that just opened up a can of worms that made everything possible. So I've been careful to qualify all my writing with, you know, the, the, the fact that the 49ers really are in this position uh, of option power where, where they could do some crazy stuff, you know, another wild theory, but that's not so wild is the one that Matt shared is that the 49ers traded up with Mac Jones in mind, but you know, definitely wouldn't have been that aggressive with the trade up if they weren't very open or even eager for Trey Lance or Justin Fields or another option to blow them away and supersede Mac Jones, right? So say that that's the case, right? You know, say that that was their thinking, yet Trey Lance and just uh, Justin Fields didn't blow them away. Say that by next Thursday, the 49ers are in that mode we're like oh god okay fine well we'll, we'll we we still need, want the quarterback we're going to go with Mac Jones but they're the only ones valuing Mac Jones so dang high that's where the whole oh maybe they'll trade back a couple spots could come in and they still grab Mac Jones but they get some of that draft capital back it wouldn't be the first time that John Lynch in the draft and Kyle Shanahan also because he's part of the brain trust have traded out of a top five pick, right? I mean, they, they stayed there in 2017, but they did trade back a spot with the Bears and that netted them some draft capital. So uh, I, I don't think anything is firmly ruled out. I just really want to know which of these players the 49ers really covet 
And if they don't really covet one of the quarterbacks, if they've done their deep dive and, you know, one of the quarterbacks hasn't blown them away the, the way they want to, I think that's when it opens the possibility to other stuff. But I think that the quarterback situation is what they were initially locked on and probably what they're still locked on. It, it's just so unpredictable, right? So uh, we're at this juncture, Matt, where we've exhausted every single possibility talking, right, over the past three <laughs> or four weeks. And it just needs to happen next Thursday because I'm so sick of going through, you know, I feel like the guy from the conspiracy gif uh, on, on Twitter where he's all the numbers are floating around and he's writing on the chalkboard. Uh, I, I feel like that right now. I just need to have this pick locked in so I could stop thinking about 85 different permutations of possibilities. Here's the truth, that Tanika could find a section of one of our podcasts where we absolutely nailed <laughs> the pick because we've talked about so many different possibilities and scenarios that we can always kind of come back and say, yep, called it, called it on, uh, <laughs> on, on April 3rd there. Uh, but you're right, I mean... If I was about to say, if I see one more mock draft, if I write one more mock draft, uh, I'm going to go insane. So uh, I agree with you. This can't come around soon enough. Um, but j just to go over one last uh, scenario, and uh, you brought it up, is like this was all some sort of uh, trick or chicanery by Kyle uh, Shanahan and, and John Lynch. Well, until this year, there's only been one quarterback that – Kyle Shanahan has evaluated in person, and that was Mitch Trubisky. He had a, a workout with Mitch, the North Carolina, the then North Carolina quarterback back in 2017. And I think it's obvious now that it was done to make everybody think that they might take Trubisky at pick oh, number two. Oh, I see where you're going. I see yeah, where you're going. Yeah, and so they gooshed the, the Bears into making that trade. They got the guy that they really wanted, which happened to be Solomon Thomas. Not a great pick, but... Uh, point being is that they're not uh, above doing a little bit of trickeration here in the, in the first round. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind when you, you hear all these national media members confidently reporting that it's going to be Mac Jones. I don't think Kyle Shanahan minds fooling people at all. And maybe they put that out there, that it's going to be Mac Jones, and it's definitely not Mac Jones. I don't know what you're gaining from that, but I'm just saying that there's been some misdirection from this team in the draft before. I'd expect it again. And, you know, I wonder, guys, what would the fan base, because it, it, it really feels like, to me, the fan base is, is the 49er fan base. They're kind of done with Jimmy Garoppolo. What happens to the fan base if the 49ers don't go out and pick a quarterback number three overall? And they go get a receiver, and they put the trust in Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think the reaction as far as the fan base would be? The fan base is tough to gauge. I think it's this is weird because if you're on Twitter the whole time, um, you would think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback to ever suit up for the 49ers. You would think that he has a 90% disapproval rating. Yet when we were doing our roster builder exercise and you know some other polls early in the season where it wasn't quite as – you know, knee jerk as Twitter, where there was a little bit more nuance involved. I think like 70% of people kept Garoppolo on the team. When Matt, in our roster builder, they were completely free to replace him with any quarterback that they wanted. This was before uh, the trade up to number three. So uh, I think that the, you know, the, the, the quieter majority was way more okay with Garoppolo than a pretty loud minority on social media. And now the trade has created this interesting dynamic of the fan base, especially because it's 
instigated a debate. Should the 49ers keep Garoppolo and a presumptive rookie quarterback that they pick at number three, or should they just start that number three pick right away? And God, I get the sense that it's really polarized. It's divided 50-50. Some people just want to run Garoppolo completely out of town. Start Justin Fields. That seems to be, you know, that segment of Twitter seems to really love that course of action. Whereas other people, you know, are wanting Garoppolo to stay on as the starter. Uh, there's this sentiment that they're really pulling for him to make a very tough decision for the 49ers in 2022. Say this right here, but just hypothetically, say that Jimmy Garoppolo does start. Say that the 49ers draft either Fields, Jones, or, or Trey Lance. And then say that the 49ers, with Jimmy Garoppolo starting the entire season, just like he did in 2019, say that they win the Super Bowl. So you enter the 2022 offseason with the 49ers as defending Super Bowl champions, Jimmy Garoppolo still under contract for one year, and that number three pick presumably ready to play. I mean, you don't draft the guy number three if he's not ready to play by year two. What do you do there? I think if I'm the GM, I keep the quarterback that won the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> that this is setting up to be, if Jimmy Garoppolo still has the ball in his court, if he stays on this team, he could really foil the 49ers' plans or long-term plans, and they wouldn't be really upset about it, right? Because you can't complain about winning a Super Super Bowl in 2021. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think it would have to do with what Kyle Shanahan observed from that rookie during training camp or whatever opportunity this guy had to had to play. And if he was encouraged, then I do think that they would move Garoppolo. They gave up two first round picks and a third to make this move. They're going to want to recoup that at some point, somehow. And, you know, that scenario would allow them to do that. I mean, they'd be putting a uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback on the trade block. That's going to fetch at least a first round pick. But isn't that insane too? If, if this guy goes out and wins you a Super Bowl yep, and he plays right. well and you're trading him right after that? Yeah, but this is Kyle Shanahan who might believe that you know, like I said, the star of the offense is is Kyle Shanahan. I can do this with <laughs> with any guy. I've done it with Matt Ryan. I've done it with Garoppolo. I think I can do it with Trey Lance. Well, he didn't or do Matt it with Jones. Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> so. Not that quite uh, good a uh, magician to do that. But um, that's that's how I see it. I mean, obviously, it, it would depend on how everything plays out. I mean, if Garoppolo looked like the second coming of Steve Young, then you hold on to him. But um, if it was, you know. A defensive win that gets them the Super Bowl victory. There's a lot of permutations to that, but uh, I think that would be a predicament, Dennis, that the 49ers would love to be in, sitting there with a Super Bowl trophy and two potential starting quarterbacks on their hands. I love it. I mean, we've we've just kind of predicted that the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> and they're going to have a quarterback room like in the 90s with Steve Young, uh, Joe Montana, and I don't know, Elvis Gerback or you know, whoever it is. So Steve Bono too. Steve huh? Bono, yeah. So again, it, it's the draft and anything can happen. I mean, you you have the num- number three pick, but you also have a lot of other picks. So, you know, who knows? The 49ers, the trend is that they, they make trades on draft day. You know, they trade stuff, they move up, they move back. So I don't know what the over and under is as far as what's going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw more than more than one pick in the first round. And maybe the 49ers get their guy. Maybe the 49ers get their receiver and they get their quarterback. And then, you know, we can go from there. But I think, you know, with that third pick overall, wherever you bring into this organization, he's going to be expected to start, not only start, 
but to contribute and be a star on this team. The the draft capital you've used, it's on this person. You've done your research and this guy has got to be a good player and you got to do your research. Whoever it is, I'm sure, I'm a trust. I'm a trust them. Whoever it is they bring in, I'm sure uh, is going to fit in with this team and he's going to be a superstar. Matt, who else do you like in this draft? Uh, I, I could tell you that I think the 49ers in the later rounds really need to stock up on the offensive linemen. Um, I, I my mock drafts have have Drew Dahlman, the center from Stanford, uh, being a good fit for the 49ers, but there are a few other guys, and and I think even drafting multiple offensive linemen might be good for this team. And and I also think they need to get a cornerback uh, because they're one injury away from disaster in the secondary, and a lot of those guys have have injury histories. Uh, th- those are my top two quote unquote positions of need um do you have favorite players favorite prospects favorite positions that that you really want the 49ers to fill in rounds two to seven yeah i mean i think uh wide receiver if if they don't shock the world and take a a receiver of kyle pitts at number three uh this is a good draft for receivers and rounds two and three seem to be the sweet spot there and um amari rogers is the guy i wrote about He, he reminds me a lot of debo samuel could line him up at running back even. Uh, he would be a, a killer to have there as your third down back coming out of the backfield. Um, that that type of guy, sort of smallish, not quite your, your number one receiver because he doesn't have the size, but there are a lot of those guys in the second and third round. There's a guy from Ole Miss who's really good. Rondale Moore from uh, Purdue is just, uh, just an energizer bunny, just really fast, really quick. Um you know, you're talking about a slot receiver who's going to, you know, beat his guy immediately. There are four or five guys that are just kind of cut out like that. And so um, I, I, I just know that Kyle Shanahan, you mentioned cornerback, that's probably what they have to do in the second round. But if, if they're in win-now mode and they want to make this quarterback pick look really good in the future, and then and, and maybe it is Mac Jones and you want to sort of replicate uh, – an Alabama type of offense where you've just got you know, one wide receiver after another. Boy, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to be tempted by the, the, the wide receiver talent, especially in those uh, early to middle rounds of, of the draft. I think you go defense. I think, you know, later rounds, you got to get some depth. I mean, I think the 49ers don't need a cornerback, but I like J.C. Horn. He may be gone in the first round. Uh, but I think you, you you find some guys that can develop in that secondary. You find a, a safety. Uh, you know, is Tart going to be around the whole season? Got to start developing there. I like Ronnie Perkins. Uh, he's a defensive end. You know, later on in the in I think maybe in fourth fifth round, you get a guy that can kind of get in for Ken Law, kind of learn to kind of a big body guy. And again, you you know the receivers. You know, your offensive line. You you got you got to get some depth there. You got to get some guys. You know, I don't know how how you you kind of evaluate an offensive line. He's just a big guy that holds everyone. But there's some they say there's some good offensive linemen out there. So I think receiver. I think you know you you got to develop another pass rusher, edge guy. You got to get some guys in the middle. But I think you know in the later rounds you got to look for your depth. You got to build some depth, and it's got to be in the secondary. You mentioned uh, defense, Dennis. Both of you guys. What, what would you think about this scenario? Caleb Farley for a while there was considered the best cornerback in the draft. Uh, and then had back surgery recently. Uh, and that may force him out of the, the first round. I mean, if you could get potentially the number one cornerback 
but get him at pick number 43 in the second round. Do you do it, even though he's got this this injury history and, and you, you are a team that's been decimated by injuries the last couple of years? Well, you know, I did bring him up a, a few podcasts back. And I remember. That's water. what I'm asking. Yeah. You blew it out the water. You said, no, no, he's got a, he's got a back issue. Uh, we second, don't need any more injured guys. I watched him play a couple times. I mean, he's a big physical guy. I like him a lot. I didn't know about the back thing. So, again, I mean, if you can, if you talk about value. If he's a guy that you can get in here, even though he's had some some injuries, I mean, he is a he is a top level guy. I mean, he's a guy that can go out there and make plays. He's a thumper. He's great in coverage. I mean, I think he's a guy that if he's there, if he's still there, I say why not? What do you guys think of uh, the defensive line? The 49ers on. Wednesday signed Arden Key, former third round pick who the Raiders waived. He 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 called himself. I remember at the combine in 2018, Arden Key was saying he's the best pass rusher in the draft. He talked a big game and he came out there and he was one of the worst pass rushers in in the league here over the past three years. So, um, you know, un- unless he was just so unhappy in Oakland and then in Las Vegas and then somehow will get really coached up by Chris Kacerik, I'm I'm not even sure that. Arden Key is going to make the team. So I still feel the 49ers have at least one spot, Matt, on the defensive line. And uh, when you do start talking about round two, I think it's possible the 49ers pick an edge rusher in round two if they see a guy they really like. Because listen, this class, this this draft class that uh, is just not top-heavy on defensive ends. It's like that 2018 class, actually, that Key was drafted later on in. Um, there are no Nick Bosa's. There are no Chase Young's in this class. It's more bottom half of the first round type of guys and possibly second round guys. Maybe somebody like Carlos Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest. Um, we just uh, The reason I bring this up is that the 49ers love drafting defensive linemen high. And uh, they do still have some room for improvement along the defensive line. Do you like any of those prospects up front? And can you see the 49ers maybe exasperating their fans some more and and picking a defensive lineman in the second round or even late in the first if they trade back up? Yeah, I don't don't think uh, fans would would hate that if that was the the case uh, as the second pick. They shouldn't because you're right. I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Ford injury uh, question mark. Bosa looks great in, in the videos that he's showing on social media, but he's still a, a question mark. We, we just don't know yet on him. So, um, you know, they, they definitely could use depth. I, I was talking to Scott McLuhan, the former 49ers GM the other day. Um, and he really loves Basham. I mean, he's he's like a McLuhan type of guy, meat and potatoes type of guy. So Basham would be just a tremendous pick for for depth. You know, sort of that um, that Ronald Blair type of guy that would be basically the captain of that of that second unit. He's not a fast guy off the edge. He's just a a worker and and uh, got lots of sacks at Wake Forest. And, and there's an, a number of guys. Jason Owe from Penn State, That that's a guy that kind of springs off the ball, didn't have a lot of production, but has the traits that the 49ers look for. The 49ers really look at that 10-yard split. It's probably the, the one sort of measurable when it comes to defensive linemen that they look at the most. How fast does this guy get off a starting block, basically? Uh, and there, there are a few guys that uh, that do that. Um, and uh, you're right. I think 
Cornerback, I, I think it, I think Dennis is right. I think it's going to be defense is that second pick, and I think cornerback and defensive line are are probably the the top two contenders. Matt, I got to put you on the spot really quick. As this is going to give fans a pretty cool behind the scenes look or readers, we're doing a mock draft right now, and we're up. The 49ers up. You made our first pick. You're in charge of pick three. I'm not going to tell people who you picked, but now we're at pick 43 we are back on the clock so we can make this oh. pick right now okay which pick is it it's pick 43 second round so oh, okay. let me just tell you guys who's st- so eric stokes the cornerback is off the board elijah molden who i love out of washington i was actually going to try to make dennis's day and pick a husky, uh, pick, pick a husky <laughs> but he's also off the board um, the corners that we talked about earlier are off the board. Owe is off the board. Uh, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, Ed Drescher is off the board. But Basham is available. Carlos Basham? Yeah, Carlos Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest at 43. What do you guys think? 6'3", 274. That's who I would take. Um, is uh, Asante Samuel still there? No, they, he just got picked a few few spots ago. What about uh, Tryon, another Washington uh, guy? There was a run on every single guy that we're talking about. He went 37 to Philadelphia. Yeah. Joe Tryon. How about Ronnie Perkins? Is Ronnie Perkins still on there? I think That's Ronnie Perkins is an another big guy that inside outside taken, type yeah. of guy. Yeah, Perkins I believe is still available. Hmm. Well, he's not an edge. He's a he's a he's a big body inside guy. I like the Basham. Yeah, because they they're pretty deep on the inside now after they got um, Zach Kerr. Yeah, Zach Kerr. They they picked up Zach Kerr. He, that's a that is the Kerry Hyder signing I think of 2021. He's going to be more of a nose tackle type, but. Just a just a quality player who was underrated in the free agent market, in my opinion. Yeah, if you had Basham to that group, that's that's a that's a daunting second team defensive line. I am just double checking to make sure he hasn't been picked yet. But uh, yeah, we're gonna add Basham, guys. Thanks. There <laughs> we go. Congratulations, David. On your big pick. Was that kind of a stim- simulation of the war room right there? Yeah. yeah we should he, we should call it. Carlos up right now and congratulate him. <laughs> I, I'm I'm about to make the pick. I've typed it out. The 49ers picked Carlos Basham Jr. There we go. D.E. Wake Forest. Welcome to the San Francisco 49ers, Carlos. Now you have to talk to the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you guys think the draft to be like last year where you, you kind of kind of have cameras in, in the uh, in the guys' homes and you can see the parents and the girlfriends and all that? I think there are going to be a, a, a number of guys in Cleveland for the draft itself. But mm. yeah, I mean that that was such a hit last year that I, I imagine I that it. they'll have a lot of camp. I mean, I think the coaches and stuff will be in their war rooms this year. But uh, I enjoyed it last year, so I, did I, too, I, yeah. I hope they do have that. Yeah, it it really did show you know more of the genuine emotion last year, right? You're just catching yeah. these families in their living rooms as opposed to you know everybody when they actually go to the draft is is buying a several thousand dollar suit and yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying it's not genuine, but it's definitely a lot more uh, staged. I guess it's a lot more prepared. But last year, it was just that casual living room vibe, and everybody was kind of going through that at the time, right? That was the first real major sporting event, if you consider the draft a sporting event, in a long time. People had been cooped up at home, and then finally, the end of April rolled around, and you know that really kind of hellacious month, right, with, with, with people just getting stir-crazy at home. The draft really helped break that up. So yeah. I'll always remember that 2020 draft for that, and... Um, we'll see how much more living room action we're going to get with those cameras that they set up. And uh, you always see the prospect at home with his family. I thought that was pretty neat last year. So 
we'll see if that happens. But anyway, uh, I thought this worked out well. We got our draft pick in, guys. Uh, Carlos Basham Jr. is a 49er. That defensive line is looking good. And we've wrapped up a, a nice and long podcast episode. So um, good stuff. Uh, anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you after the draft or during the draft next week because it's going to be a it's going to be a fun what three days? The draft is three days. We will finally know who the 49ers are picking at number three or what they're doing with that number three pick. So anyway, tune in next time. It's about to get wild here on Here's the Catch, the 49ers podcast.